All right, guys, big episode as we wrap the Super Bowl. We talk Vikings coaching staff, the Wolves stand pat at the deadline, and we talk the Premier League and Champions League. Here we go. Here we go, Nordy's Podcast. I'm Eric. I'm here with Ryan and Jim. How's it going, guys? Dude, I feel really, really good. Wow. That's strong. I'm going to come in with just really good. How are I'm you, I'm a little sad that the NFL season is over because I actually really enjoyed this NFL season. I thought they kind of crushed it. The playoffs were as good as it gets. And mm-hmm. uh, we'll talk a little bit about the Super Bowl. But before we do that, we need you guys to give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at Nordy's Podcast. Also, subscribe anywhere that you guys get your favorite podcasts from. Get the Nordy's podcast directly to your phone or your device each and every week for free. Yeah, thank you. bargain. It's a great deal. Thank you. All right, guys. uh, So, before we dive into this episode, what are you guys drinking tonight? I'll start. I'm having uh, War Pigs, Three Floyds, Four Phantoms, American Blondale. Pretty average beer. Okay. Pretty average. Drinkable, I assume. Drinkable and average. Well, this is one of those happy weeks where even though we are apart, we are also together, at least with Ryan. So we are both drinking Blind Optimism IPA from Junkyard. I'm jealous. This reminds me of Palais LA from Fair State, and I really like it. It's really good. Yeah, Eric, this this is like a perfect, it's it's a perfect beer. It, it, it damn near is. It, it's very good. We're going to put it yeah, on the it's list. it's really strong. And it wasn't that crazy expensive. I think it was like 13 bucks for the four-pack. Yes, $12.99. Um, yeah. Beautiful. Yeah, this is like, I'm going to probably grab another one next time I'm at the store because it's awesome. Wow. This is this yeah. is one of those okay. ones that I hope they just decide like, eh, we'll keep making it. That sold out pretty quickly. Yeah. Okay. Good shit. Um, that's, right, also, uh, that's also known as Barter having blind optimism because that's not going to happen. So Yeah. That is appropriate. Blind optimism barter. All right. So uh, here we go. We're going to talk Super Bowl. The Rams win the Super Bowl 23 to 20. um, And what I thought was a pretty good game. Uh, I know there was lots of complaining by everybody after the game. I don't know why. I think we want to just complain about. Oh, hold on, everyone. Jim, you had a warm up question for us. Yeah, we haven't done one in a while. That's uh, that's why we blew right by it because we don't usually do them anymore. But. I, I just right was like I'm sorry, the, the massive national, you know, spotlight that the Super Bowl gets where it's like a fucking national holiday here. Right. And then yeah. we have the Champions League going on, which is like a huge international spectacle. So I want to know from you guys out of all the big American sports, let's say the top four. OK, which one do you think would lend itself best to being a big international phenomenon and which one and why? Why would you want to see that happen? I mean, Football feels the biggest. Baseball, the least. Hockey, yeah. not that either. It has to be football or basketball. Um, I think basketball is closer to being that as there's a lot more of an international presence. There's basketball is a lot more popular around the world than American mm-hmm. football is. Um, but I still would say, like, if there was a bunch of big teams around the world playing football, that would be so insane. Uh, bigger version of the Super Bowl, you know, European leagues of, of football. I know they've always tried to do that and it never gets going. No. Um, but I guess that would be the one that I would be the most excited about. And I, I can imagine it being, you know, the biggest event in the world in 20 or 30 years. Yeah. I, I, I agree with the answer. Then. 
I agree with Eric. I think it's the NBA. Like, imagine it's just for being silly. Imagine they did aggregate scoring. So, like, you know, the Knicks are playing, you know, the Spanish, you know, the Madrid Marauders or whatever. And the the game at Madrid, you know, where the Knicks are down, you know, te- they lost by 10. So now they got to win by 10 just to tie it up. And, mm-hmm. you know, Madrid is like furiously like making threes. Like, I think that would be kind of fun where like you have to score, you know, a lot more than the opponent. I think that would be kind of cool. I, I would say. NBA. And I think you could have some some parody there, too, because. You know, you could have like like a European league. So you'd have only like two teams in Spain and two teams in England and a couple French French teams. And they'd all probably have really good players. You know, they could unless all their, their talent still comes here. But if that didn't happen, that would be awesome. I think baseball would be great. Like it's already kind of boring. <laughs> I think that would like spice it up. And you'd have the World Series as the actual World Series. And you could be like, all right, dude. Like, you know, the, the team that got through the American tournament is going to go play like Japan, you know, almost like the Little League World Series is, you know, with teams from all over the place. And baseball is huge everywhere now. But they have that. Already. Just, it's called like the World Baseball Classic, and it's really boring. I think that oh. the problem with baseball is well, that like everybody, everybody who runs baseball um, doesn't want to see people who aren't from America playing baseball. And yeah. it'd be the kind of thing that they'd have to get like an overhaul on who runs baseball. Like they should on everything. They're not even. Which they should absolutely do, regardless. So, they have yeah. maybe bigger problems it's to fry first. But biggest idiots ever. All right, guys. Sorry, we've moved back on. Like I said, the Rams won the Super Bowl twenty-three to twenty over the Bengals. Lots of people were complaining about the officiating in this game. I don't know. I thought that the game ended up probably how it should have ended up. I don't think the people were complaining about the officiating. I think people were complaining that. The Rams were losing. They got stopped on a couple plays and the officials who had called virtually no penalties the entire game intervened on like four plays in a row. And then the Rams ended up scoring. And I'm not, uh, listen, I said it jokingly via text message that you can't convince me that they didn't get the tap on the shoulder from the NFL to say, let the, the Rams need to score here to make it a good game. Right. And then knowing the Bengals would hopefully get the ball back and have a chance. Because they wanted to say like, oh, every play in the playoff ended on the last play. You know what I mean? Like to, to keep yeah, that yeah. keep that vibe going. Um, but it just seemed a little bit odd that they had let the players decide for most of the game, and then all of a sudden they were like, pass interference, holding, pass interference. It just it was the timing was suspicious. I thought mm-hmm. that the Bengals spent the last drive just absolutely mugging Cooper Cobb. <laughs> Like on every play, he was just getting like drugged down at the line of scrimmage. And I was actually, I, I thought that the the big holding call on third down, I actually didn't think that was a penalty, but I thought on second down, it was such an egregious hold that they didn't call that it felt like a makeup call. And so it got a little sloppy at the end. Um, but I did yeah, think the Rams guys, were better guys are tired and everyone's fighting for, you know, every inch that they can get. Yeah. I, I thought the Rams were probably the better team barely. It was, it was a decent game. I was. I think that the difference was that the the Rams had the Vikings coaching staff, and that's why they won the game. I love I like it. that. Kevin O'Connell, Wes Phillips, running the offense, being creative down the stretch, getting the big touchdown late in the game to win it. I think it was the Vikings coaching staff that was the difference. And I found myself cheering for the Rams all night 
really just for that reason. Is that mm-hmm. why the Rams were losing all game though? Because they were trying to run the ball incessantly. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was just good news that when push comes to shove, the Vikings coaching staff is there in the in the the, the big moment. Well, I think the best the best news was they were like, okay, um, who's our best player on offense by a mile? Okay, let's let him touch the ball nine times on this game winning drive, and then go to him for the game winning touchdown. That was the that was a very poignant uh, piece for me of them saying, let's get the ball in the hands of our playmakers, guys. Let's not throw it to the tight end or the the fullback. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. let's not check down I, the fullback. CJ Ham's got us on this one. Yeah. I know it. I just want you guys to know that the Rams never, ever, 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 when they don't even have a fullback on their team. So you will have no more CJ Ham or fullbacks on the Vikings. Well, there we go. Okay. That might answer one of the questions I have for you later, but we'll see. They have a, they have a one, they run like the most, the highest percentage of single back in the entire NFL or something like that. So I don't think you're going to be seeing any CJ Ham. All right, uh, guys, the halftime show is what we're really here to talk about. I <laughs> loved it, I thought it was wonderful. And it brought me back to the best places of my childhood. And um, I also uh, was was not surprised, but saw a lot of uh, loser douchebag racist people on social media that really hated this and were miserable. Um, I think it's important to know to note that those people are the fucking minority. They are a mm-hmm. small, loud group of douchebag people who hate everything that's not white and old. And this is so much better than having like, oh my gosh, this year's halftime show is going to be The Who and Journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, like, couldn't agree more. I want stuff like this. I thought this was so cool. It felt so distinctly um, L.A. in all the best ways. Um, I love the bookending of uh, Snoop and Dre. It was really cool to see those guys. I thought Mary J. Blige was so out of place in the show. I didn't understand yeah, was, that was a little. That was a little. I thought odd. she was fine. I, I thought that that honestly, it was a great show. I just want to say that I absolutely yeah. loved it. It was the most fun I've ever had during a halftime show by yes. quite a bit. Yeah, um, that I think the... that the person. I think they needed to trim it. I think five was too many because everybody got like a song and a half, and it was just a little bit too rushed. It felt very short, even though I don't know runtime was it shorter, or longer than Prince's or Aerosmith's or whatever. I, it felt short. Um, I think that they should have cut Kendrick Lamar. I love Kendrick Lamar. He's arguably, I don't know how you do that because he's like, you know, considered maybe the greatest current topical, you know, rapper now, but he was kind of out of place. He didn't have as much to contribute. I thought it was West Coast rap was kind of like what it was, right? It was Dre and Snoop. They brought in Eminem. He brought in 50 Cent. And then the best example of Compton West Coast rap now is Kendrick. And so right, I thought I get that. Blige had no point to be there. Um, I, I, I don't know. It seemed weird to me that she was there. Like, but then, they, you know, well, then, then the same people that were have yelling some about gals, dude. Yeah, I was to say the same people that were yelling about, you know, who is the toilet paper USA guy that was yelling about sexual anarchy? Um, yeah, yeah, Charlie, Charlie Kirk, Kirk or whatever yeah. would have been yeah. yelling about how the NFL doesn't care about women. You know, if Mary J. Blige hadn't been on the panel, so. I, I just think that poison. every year we don't need to have a white person. Every year we don't need to have a woman. And every year we don't need to have a black person. And every year we don't need to have a, a Asian person. And, like, I get it. I want there to be diversity and equity in the stars that we have and the types of music that we have. But I guess I don't need to, like, check boxes every year. And I think that's every time. Kind of oh, but I think so the I NFL, think, I think the NFL is super concerned about that. 
Oh, I do too. I think that's probably their biggest concern. So I get it. Overall, I think we should celebrate the show. I thought it was beautiful. Um, I thought they crushed it. And I found myself on the edge of my seat, really excited for everything that they were doing. And I thought um, the end with uh, Still Dre, when he was playing the piano and then they went up top, I thought that was the coolest part of the whole thing. And Mm. uh, yeah, they knocked it out of the park. It was so cool. And and even we were kind of talking like how many bangers they even had to you know, leave off the set list just because like Jimbo said, everybody kind of got a song and a half ish, you know, yeah. uh, roughly. So, um, dude, even when they like it opened up and it was that don't that, 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 and, and, you know, and like the, the, the Dre beats, you know, hitting in the background, I was immediately transported back to like, you know, 1998 yeah. and it was okay, fantastic. So good. Do you guys know where this actually tra- literally transported me back to? Where? Up and Smoke Tour, baby. I think <laughs> this was the Up and Smoke Tour, too. I went when I was like 14 years old. I had no business being there. Explains um, a lot. I think we're going to get an announcement of a amazing. new Up and Smoke Tour, is my guess. I would be first in line. I'd have and to it, run it back. Like I like wish a, I had bought merch, but it was, you know, I had no money. Like a small tour where it's like, you know, 15 shows and it's like all of those people minus Mary J. Blige. Yeah, Mary J. Blige uh, is swap her out for ice cube and you had the whole crew. I mean, yeah. that was ever, that was everybody else. So ice cube had to be um, sad, but he yeah, was that was great making, though. He was probably busy making a crime drama. All well, right. No, but isn't he, Oh no, ice cube. Yeah. Ice T is the one that's kind of off the deep end now with conspiracy. He does the, I, he does the crime dramas. They ice cube. Do. Yeah, they both do. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Um, well guys, let's move on to something um, better. Um, my, my former school, St. Thomas, uh, made the news for the wrong reasons this week. Um, they had a blindfolded, a blindfolded half-court shot contest at their basketball games, their first year of being a Division One team. And the grand prize when the guy made it was a hat. <laughs> like a baseball cap? <laughs> yes. Yeah, like, what the hell? Yeah, that's how they made national news was this – Poor kid gets up there and makes a miracle shot. I mean, it should have been at least like Dairy Queen Blizzards for Life or something, you know, that you're going to cheer about. I uh, think that the only way to right the wrong here is for the university should come out and say, we're giving this kid free tuition. Yeah. It'd be great publicity for them. Well, even if it was for a semester. Like, St. Thomas is probably like the greediest school in the state of Minnesota. So let's not not ask them to do anything out of the ordinary. Yeah, but just, apparently they're incredibly point, they're, losing, they're losing the battle in the public here. I think they should say, you know what? We're sorry. We're going to up the prize from now on, and we're going to give this kid free tuition. And the whole world would be like, okay, thank you, St. Thomas. And then the dean, the the you know the president of the college is going to call him and say, okay, we're giving this kid free tuition. No more halftime contests. None. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's bad pub. Just terrible. All right, all right, guys. Uh, talking a little more football news. Aaron Rodgers wins, I believe, his fourth MVP award. Yes, um, second in a row. A lot, of, a lot of MVP awards for a guy who doesn't win uh, the big game very much, but um, I don't know. Is it a regular Aaron, season award? Yeah, yes, it's a regular right. season award. Well, he's great it, in the regular was, season, baby. Loves to get that buy and then lose. If it wasn't for um, Kanye, I think Aaron Rodgers would be um, have had the biggest villain turn of the whole 2021-2022. I love it. I'm here for and, both, honestly. And, I mean, and he's not done. Both just a lot of fun. 
I uh, hate both of them at this point. And uh, yeah, I think that I am, I don't care that he won this. It's funny. It's, it's like more funny that he won it at this point. And the fact that they've wasted this guy's entire career winning one championship or that he's wasted this many opportunities is funny to me. So uh, screw you, Packer fans. Also, in other Packer news, the Packers are desperately trying to keep MVP Aaron Rodgers. And they are publicly saying that they're going to go all in this year, which I know that sounds like a cliche thing to say. But what they're saying is we're going to burn our future down to try to win the championship this year. And if that's the case, I hope Rodgers comes back because – if you just saw what happened to the Saints when they just did this um, with Drew Brees at the end of his career, um, their coach just quit because he was like, yeah, I'm not sticking around for that rebuild. He's like, I already mm-hmm. saved the city once. How many times yeah. can I do this? Literally, <laughs> it's, it's a disaster for them now. The Saints are going to have some super lean years. Um, so I, I hope that, that Rodgers comes back, and I hope the Packers go all in, and they push all of this money into the future, and they have to have like bad seasons after this because – it still won't work because I don't know. Cause Aaron Rodgers is more worried about, I don't know, like starting a right wing podcast. Critical thinking, critical thinking, yeah. Eric. I'll yeah. tell you what, You're as a pack, as a Vikings fan, it sure would be nice not to have to win like 15 games in order to win your division and get in the playoffs. Like um, they're too good during the regular season. I would love for them to be in rebuild yeah. mode and just like flounder mode for a few years. That would be wonderful. Yeah, me too. So I'm actually hoping he comes back and they just go out and sign as many guys as they can. They push all this dead money into the future and they just are stupid. That's what I Can I toss my theory out there? Yeah. Rodgers went to Cal, right, which is in Berkeley, which is basically San Francisco. The missing piece in a playoff, almost Super Bowl-ready team for the 49ers is the quarterback. If If Shanahan can figure out what to do with Jimmy Garoppolo, I almost guarantee... Aaron Rodgers is heading to San Francisco. I think he I think he watched Matt Stafford and Tom Brady the last two years kind of do like the mercenary deal and go to greener pastures and then he could, you know, win one for like his home city or, you know, I don't I don't know where he's from in California, but um at least in his home state. Um I don't know. I, that seems to be like that seems to make the most sense. But yeah, get him out of the division. I'd be fine with that. But then the Niners would actually be like really scary with Ayuk and Debo and those running backs and uh, Kittle. That'd be a pretty scary team to play against. Okay, well, I'm going to throw my two cents in with my theory. I think that a, a quarterback is headed to San Francisco to attempt to do the same thing. Uh, one of the all-time greats, and I don't think it's Aaron Rodgers. Kirk I think it's another, it's another California native <laughs> who is a Bay Area resident. And, and was and was a 49ers fan growing up. And that guy is Tom Brady. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought, you were, is, I thought you were setting all that up for a cousin's journey. No, I think it's Tom Brady. I think I think there was all this, Tom Brady wants to play until he's 50. Tom Brady can't wait. He feels great. Tom Brady, TB12, he's going to play forever. He feels great. He almost won the MVP this year. And then suddenly at the end of the year, he was like, I don't know. I think I want to spend time with my family. Tom Brady didn't give a shit about his family. Tom Brady <laughs> wants to keep playing football. He fake retired so that he could go to the 49ers and he could go try to win a title with the 49ers. That's what's going to happen. I right. I don't want that to happen. I want him I to be gone you, forever. I think if you're the Niners, though, I think you take Rodgers, honestly. Yeah, but you wouldn't have to trade for uh, Tom Brady. But isn't Rodgers a free agent? No. 
Oh, he has one year left then. He's got, I think, multiple years left. No, I they thought just, they, re- I thought they restructured it so that he was only like a one-year deal. Anyway, we don't have to get into that. Let's move on. Yeah. Let's move on. All right. Next up, another quarterback who wants to move on, who I think actually don't want on our team now, Kyler Murray. Because he's a Kyler little baby. What? He's a little baby. He turned. He deleted all things of the Cardinals off of his Instagram, like he's a a high schooler in a relationship that ended after two weeks. Um, I hate stuff like this, and. It, He's he's blaming the organization. The organization is leaking things like he's selfish, self-centered, and immature. I think well, of course he is. This, he's probably, he's like twenty-three. Yeah, I think this guy seems like a disaster. To be honest little, with you, little—that's toxic behavior, dude. Okay, so throw all that out. Is he as good as we hoped on the field, or is he also trouble there? Because I, I know he was mad that he felt like everybody's blaming me, but I'm I did such a good job, you know. Uh, is no, he, did he have trouble? I, think I don't really think like, anybody did either. I think he's really good, but his problem is, is that he's really little. And he likes to run, and his game is running. And when he runs, he gets hurt. And that's why in the first half of every season, he's like the best quarterback in the league. And in the second half of every season, he's just okay because he gets banged up and he can't run as much. And he's like, to me, he's like Russell Wilson. Like, this game is built on, like, taking hits and extending plays. And he's kind of undersized, and so, yeah. But Wilson, Wilson was like a unique animal. Like he, is, he was, he was able Wilson. to. He was very smart about his his running. He like Murray I, just seems a little more reckless, abandoned, like not as polished. I agree, but Russell Wilson is also thirty two and seems kind of washed up. No, but okay, and, for sure. I, I just mean like at, at Wilson's peak, he was a a smarter runner than Kyler Murray. For sure, absolutely. I'm just saying, like, I think that the size thing is always going to be a problem for him. And I think in the NFL, like the quarterbacks who are going to last are the ones who are going to take the least punishment or are really big, big guys. And I just think he's pretty slight. I don't know. I think he's like a stay away guy at this point. And this, this behavior doesn't make me want him on my team. Well, and then he, came out, he like came out Kirk. today and said, and said all of this nonsense is not what he's about. And it's like, uh, dude, you literally started all of it. Like nobody would have said anything if you hadn't deleted all the Cardinals stuff. Yeah. I think if I had a choice right now between two years of Kirk or two years of, of Kyler, I would try the Kyler experiment, wouldn't you? A thousand percent. Absolutely. Yeah. But you'd have to trade a lot, a lot, you don't a lot, have a lot, like a lot, a lot of other picks. Yeah. Well, you're thinking because you know about those things. I don't. So I'm just thinking like straight up, that would be awesome. It would be super fun. It'd be like, oh, you want Kyler? All right, give us three first round picks. You know, like we just we don't aren't gonna bet. So yeah. Um let's let's move on to some Vikings talk. Vikings coaching staff taking shape. Most of the positions, especially on the offense, seem to be filled out. Um, they're gonna bring in head coach Kevin O'Connell, hot off of winning the Super Bowl for his team. Probably the reason the Rams won the Super Bowl. Um, it has me feeling excited. Um, they're bringing with him the tight ends coach slash passing game coordinator, Wes Phillips. Um, Wade Phillips's son to be our offensive coordinator, which I think is a great move. You have two young um, minds coming from the Washington Shanahan, uh, uh, obviously Rams, McVay, offenses, tree, tree yeah, and and uh, they're going to run the offense. Um, they're bringing in a bunch of young coaches. One of them we don't know exactly his job. He's a quality control coach for the Colts. He's going to be a quarterbacks coach, or he's going to work with quarterbacks. I don't know what exactly his job is. His name is Gerard Johnson. He's a famous quarterback from um, Texas A&M where Kellen Mond uh, went and broke all of his records. 
He's from the Colts. Um, we're bringing in Curtis Modkins, the Broncos running backs coach and running game coordinator. We're keeping the very popular Keenan McCardell, our wide receivers coach. I was who, happy about I was happy about that one. Very happy. I think that the receivers desperately wanted to keep him, especially Jefferson. Uh, we just signed today Brian Angelicchio from the Panthers as our tight ends coach. He was their tight ends coach. We signed uh, Chris Cooper, our offensive line coach. He's a former all-pro offensive lineman and has been working for the Broncos the last few years. And that's kind of your whole offensive staff for the most part. The only real names we have for defense so far, um, 65-year-old Ed Donatell is going to be the defensive coordinator. He was the D coordinator for the Broncos the last few years. And then we're bringing in as a special assistant on the defensive side of the ball, Mike Petton, who is a special assistant for the Bears, um, the former head coach of the Browns, and was the head coach of the Browns when Kevin O'Connell was the quarterback's coach there. Yeah, so, I think okay. that's a that's a nice get. So I think that like like Minnesota fans are a little underwhelmed with the defensive hirings and are really excited about the offensive ones. But I think people need to understand that like you have a really young offense, a really young head coach, a really young offensive staff, and they're trying to bring in experience on defense, I think is the move here. Two old experienced coaches. If you think of like Sean McVay's first few years as a head coach, he had 60 whatever year old um, Wade Phillips as his defensive coordinator. You know, I think mm-hmm. it's like they're trying to pair some experience on the defensive side of the ball with a bunch of young, hungry guys on the offensive side of the ball. And I think we should be excited about this. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big I mean, fan If you guys are excited, of- I'm excited. Yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of the um, going with maybe the, you know, whatever, the hip with it and wow uh, on the offensive side and then experience, leadership, former, you know, head coach, you know, in Mike Pettin, um, not necessarily the most successful, but like half of those coaches that the Browns hired weren't expected to be um, successful with the rosters that they had. So um, having that type of like experience and knowledge uh, on the defensive side of the ball, I think it's going to be absolutely invaluable. I agree. So one other thing is most likely we will be moving to a three, four defense for the first time ever, um, which should be a pretty exciting new change. Um, it's not that different in the NFL at this point. Like it's not like you're playing Madden and you line up completely differently. Like it's a little different look with your linebackers. So a lot of people think that Eric Kendricks will actually be gone as a 30 year old, making lots of money, having to switch to a two-middle linebacker scheme that might not suit him. So a lot of people think Eric Kendricks is going to be a sneaky guy to get traded or, or cut or something like that um, at some point here. Um, but I don't know. It's going to be fun to watch some of those personnel things happen uh, when it comes to the defensive side of the ball. Well, just talking about this stuff is like we're, we're, we don't know what we're getting going into the 2022 season which is the first time in a long time where we didn't, you know, I mean, Zimmer was here for eight years. So um, it's kind of cool. It's like fun, um, you know, to see what they're going to do with the shiny new toy, you know, Um, how, how all of this is going to take shape eventually. Like you said, Eric, like what's the, you know, defensive formation going to be? Will CJ ham literally be gone from the Vikings just because we're not going to run a fullback in any scenario. So it's kind of wild, like it, it, in a in a very positive way. You know, this is like we're we're a phoenix ready to rise from the ashes of the middle of the NFL pack. Ooh. Ooh so you like had that. some questions about free agency. 
What do you got for us? Okay. Um, you kind of maybe answered some of this, but so my first, uh, my first Vikings question will be which starter will be the first to be cut or traded or uh, released or traded. Um, I try to go with like a big player for this. Um, I think but the most it, likely... like any, any starter would be fine. Um, I think the most likely guys to be gone are going to be Michael Pierce, maybe. And Daniil Hunter, I think they're going to move on from those guys. A lot mm-hmm. of money tied up in them. Um, haven't played a lot of games and probably won't be scheme fits for the new defense. So I'm going to guess that Daniil Hunter and Michael Pierce are two big names that will be early out um, traded or cut, something like that. Jimbo, you got anybody? No. No, I'm excited. This is going to be fun. I'm going to, I like to see you guys all energized up. And like, there's definitely been off seasons, like you said, where there's not that much happening. There's not going to be a lot of surprises. We're like, yep, we kind of have all the pieces in place. And the draft is always interesting. This is going to be like, we might have a totally different looking team. Well, yeah, it, dude, it's seven. actually, it's, it's interesting that you bring up the draft because this is, it's going to be a completely different experience, you know? It's not going to be the, mm-hmm. well, we know Rick's going to trade back to the 30th in the second. You know what I mean? Like it yeah. might be like we trade the farm to go get some dude that we think is going to like be awesome for the team. Like that could be the way we go. I, I, I'm, I'm here for all of it. Can I, I can we make a, so much a promise to each other right now though? Yeah. I saw the first yeah. use yeah. of this and I just want as a podcast, I want to uh, avoid this. Okay. Here it was. This is the only time we're going to use it. It was like, get ready for a quasi off season. Oh, Please let's God. not use quasi as crazy. Got it? On the same page. Yeah, got it. Deal. All Deal. Right. Thank you. Thank you. That's and all if I you got. Use it, if you use it more, if you use it more than twice, you have to get it tattooed on your body. There you go. Hey, if they win a Super Bowl, I'll do it. That's true. I'll do that. Uh, okay, so here's my next question, Eric. Eric, do you re-sign Patrick Peterson for five million? I don't think so. No, not for half I just, price. I just don't think. I don't think that this team is going to be that good next year. Um, I know people are like, "Oh man, the Vikings—they could be really good. Just a little better coaching, and they'll be really good." I actually think they're going to have to take a step back to take a step forward. That's totally fine. And I think Patrick Peterson should be going to a contender. Um, not to the Vikings. I actually think it's kind of a stupid signing for a team that needs to make some cap space for itself. And I'm going to guess he's gone. He, he really fits Zimmer's defense. We don't know what this 3-4 is going to look like. Would the Broncos sign him? I don't think they would. Um, look for the Vikings to really overhaul this defense is my guess. Okay. Well, that's actually um, that's actually a perfect segue into my next question. I want you to rank these defensive positions um, for the Vikings by greatest need, linebacker, cornerback, safety, and defensive line? Um, I think in the modern NFL, you need to have good corners, and they're going to have to figure out good corners for themselves. Um, if Cam Dantzler can be anything, that's great, but they have nothing else really besides that. Um, so they're going to have to figure that spot out. If they're going to switch to a 3-4 defense, they're going to have to totally overhaul their linebackers as well. Um, so I'm going to say corner followed by linebacker is their biggest need. And I'm going to guess that they're going to take a front seven guy with their first pick in the draft. So either a middle linebacker or an edge 
with their first pick would be my best guess. And so you have you don't have any concern for the safety spot? No, I think they're going to keep um, Smith for one more year as a kind of like stop the fans kind of pissed. He's good. Like I think they're just going to keep him for one more year. Is my my best guess? A leadership yeah, type of yeah. role, maybe for train yeah. some of the young guys. In a, yeah. in a defense that's going to be missing leaders, I think he'll be pretty important. Okay, fair enough. Um, all right, so I want you to use the Northeast rates scale. And I want you to be brutally honest. I don't want you to be both of you. I don't want you to be um, homers about this. I want you to really answer this question honestly. The hiring of Kevin O'Connell as the head coach. I think it's an 84. I think he's unproven, 36 years old, never been a head coach, hasn't called plays ever in his life. But he comes from a tree that's producing really high-level coaches. I think his ceiling is top five coach in the league. I think his floor is he's fired in three seasons. Um, I, I think he's a risk, and that's what keeps him from being the very top, top guys. But I also think that if if you I, – I bet if we knew who offered him their head coach job it, or would have, it's quite a few teams. I think he was probably the top candidate in this offseason would be my guess. Okay. For me, it's a 94 um, this is exactly what everybody wanted, right? And everybody wants is a young, exciting, offensive head coach with new ideas that could be on your, you know, could have, he's not going to retire in a couple of years because they're 70 years old already uh, coming out of like this great, you know, program. This is exactly what everybody wants. Um, I don't know why you wouldn't at least give it an A or a, like, you know, a 94 right in there. I mean, obviously it could, like you said, it could go south, but it could with any higher. I mean, at least right now, it seems great. Well, I'm excited. He doesn't, he doesn't have any kids he can hire either. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think that, that he might've, I think Zimmer might've burned so many bridges. He needed to hire his kids because there was on, there wasn't any other people who wanted to work with him. Um, <laughs> yeah. Any other questions from you, Barter? No, that was it. Those were my, uh, my four festering uh, free agent questions. Good stuff. Well Can't wait for the, the off season to start. It's the beginning of the league year already, and I can't wait for uh, free agency. We're a few weeks out. Draft two and a half months away. The NFL, the season, the the sport that never stops, which is really. Do you, uh, do you know? Have you heard anything on when um, O'Connell's going to be announced? Um, is it I got be a this week? I'm feeling a little nervous today, to be honest with you guys. I didn't want to bring this up, but I really thought he was going to be announced today, and then everyone was like, Sean McVay might retire, and then I started being like, Ugh. <laughs> Like Sean McVay might I mean, retire. I mean, that's like that's a, ridiculous. He was like, I, I want to spend time with my family. I can't imagine that happens. So I think he'll be announced Tuesday this week. Tuesday. Is well, the Jimbo, the rumor is like ESPN's offering him 10 million a year to work, you know, 30 hours a week as opposed to like being an NFL head coach. Yeah. So, wow. Well, that would really fuck Crazy. things up. All right, guys. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, let's move on to uh, NBA. The NBA trade deadline came and went. Many of our rivals went and made big moves. The Wolves stood pat. They didn't make any moves, um, which I've I've heard a lot of people say that they agreed with that. I know you guys agree with that. Um, That's fine. Um, The big moves that did happen, uh, James Harden got traded uh, to the Philadelphia 76ers for uh, Ben Simmons, Andre Drummond, who's a nothing player, I think, at this point. Um, mm. Seth Curry and two late first-round picks. So uh, a lot of pieces moving in that one. I think it's probably best for everybody. Uh, it seems like a pretty good deal for everyone. 
Um, what did you guys think of that move? Who do you think won that trade? I mean, I guess Philly did because they were never going to play Simmons. So it was just this giant expensive piece of dead weight that they couldn't get rid of. And they could not have found a better partner than the Nets who like had lost like 10 straight games. And for all this super team they put together, they were just not clicking. Um, maybe some redundancies and who needs to touch the ball there. Um, well, they're you know, all kind they're of all a bunch of shoot first. Now. Right. Right. Cause but Katie's hurt. Joe Harris and Kyrie only Katie plays away games. And uh, Harden, Harden was missing or was injured. Now he's out for a few weeks. Joe Harris is out. Like, I think they just were running out of players. And for how super they were, when all your superstars are out or hardly playing, it's not very yeah. fun. And so they needed him too. So, I mean, for me, I, I don't love Harden's game, but he's very effective. He's been an all-star every damn year, pretty much. It's a good get. I mean, that's a nice haul. Seth Curry is nothing to sneeze at. Uh, two first-round picks. I mean, that's like that's the haul that I think that Philly held out for and they actually got. I mean, I'm sure they're like, yeah, and and they're in a good spot in the East. Like they they got everything they could have wanted out of this. I mean, they're in a good spot. They're ready to make a like a championship run right now. I think it's perfect for them. The it Nets makes, might uh, still be a wreck, which the, I would laugh about. It makes some of the trade proposals that were thrown about, yeah, from the Timberwolves proposing to you yeah. know, Philadelphia for Ben Simmons. I mean, kind, Towns kind would have been the only piece. Point. It would have been Towns plus, you know. Um, in the end, or so that wasn't going to happen. We wouldn't have the, liked that. Edwards plus in the summertime, maybe. Yeah, you know. I, I think that um, if if I had to say who won this trade, I think the Nets won this trade. Um, I think they got a bench big man in Drummond. They got two first round picks, which will help them in the future make more trades. And they got Curry, who's a nice shooter, who will fit well in that team. And they got Simmons, who I think fits the team better than Harden. He's under contract. And he's much younger. He should fit in nicely with this team. He fits so much better with this team than he ever did with the Sixers. And I think that him just driving at people and playing defense and just taking it to the rim and allowing uh, the other two to have the ball a lot and shoot a lot is going to fit beautifully. Um, Harden is a risk. He's overweight. He's lost a little bit of his game. The rules have changed a little bit up on him. And he's had a couple years now of not being healthy as the season has gone on with things like hamstring injuries. So I do think Harden is by far the best player in this trade. But I also think Harden is the least safe guy in the trade. Mm-hmm. And so I'm not saying that Philly wouldn't do this trade again or that. Because in reality, Philly traded some late picks, a guy they were never going to play again who was just sitting on the – not even showing up to games – and Drummond to upgrade from Seth Curry to Harden. Yeah. That's a pretty yeah. good upgrade. No, I mean, when you put it that uh, way, so it I sounds great. That, I think both sides are going to come out better. I do too. So um, other things, uh, the a team right behind us, uh, the Pelicans, uh, still hoping to get Zion back this year. They also traded for CJ McCollum, which I thought was kind of a fun move. Um, mm-hmm. There was a big trade with Dallas, who's ahead of us. Uh, for Porzingis, for Dinwiddie and uh, Bertans, I don't know if that moves the needle. I think those are all bad players and bad contracts. Yeah, that's that seems like uh, the deck chair How far has Porzingis fallen? Man, was he? Everyone was like, the, he was like the unicorn. He can do everything. He's going to be this a superstar. What happened to him? I'd rather have Porzingis than Towns. I don't know. Yeah, he we sucks. were. I mean, you were saying that at the time. No, no, no. I hate Porzingis. No, no. 
at the Eric, time Eric you was were. Doncic over to. No, I no, remember the Doncic. I hate Porzingis. Mm. Hate Porzingis. Always hated Porzingis. Okay. No, right. I would not. I I'm still offended that people put him ahead. Like Bill Simmons put him ahead of Towns on his trade value list, and I was just sick about it. I'm still pissed. all right. I like maybe that's still what I'm remembering. About it to him. Um, no, I can't stand Porzingis. Uh, I think it's funny. Um, I guess my only, here's my thing. This was my argument to you guys. And I'm not saying that the Wolves needed to mortgage everything, but, um, I just think like we are pretending the Wolves are this insanely young team because they have a really young bench and they have Anthony Edwards. But in reality, the main pieces of this team are 26 year old Towns, who's on a second, second contract max deal, Mm -hmm. uh, 25 year old D'Angelo Russell who's on a second contract max deal and is a free agent after next year and Edwards, who's 20 years old and super young. So these are two guys about to head into their prime and Anthony Edwards, who's got a long career ahead of him. I think our window is going to be next year and the year after. And I think we're going to have to go for it. And if it, not now, then in the summer, um, mm-hmm. that's fine. Uh, but this team is going to have to make moves. We can't just sit around for three years yeah. and let towns turn into a 30 year old. And we are still waiting for, Nas yeah. Reed to become a trade chip for us. You know, yeah. like the NBA is made up of stars and, and just guys. And we have a lot of guys on the team right now that are capable of, of having a good night here and there. Um, but they're never going to be a piece, a big rotation piece of a championship. Team. Sure. I mean, and I don't, I don't, so I'll go first and then I'll let Jimbo clean up my mess. I don't think we were arguing that the wolves shouldn't trade. I think what we were saying mm-hmm. was, there's not really a market for some of the guys that we would want to unload um, for the pieces that were available, right? For, for guys that you saw move like CJ McCollum, there's no way we would have been able to get him without, you know, trading either ant or cat. Um, I don't think there's a way we were getting Ben Simmons without either one of those guys that maybe the Sixers were asking for both. I have no idea. Mm -hmm. And I think like, if you're going to try and unload McLaughlin or whomever, like there's no market for those guys. I don't think any team in the NBA wants any of those players for any reason other than if they had an expiring contract and it was part of some like big salary dump that they could do. Um, I don't right. even think there's a market for Pat Beverly. Um, so I think I think it was just you know and you know for all the talk about you know Marcus Smart you know coming to to the Wolves, um, I don't think that would have done anything to this team in yeah. either direction other than like oh we we did something at the deadline. So just ahead, um, I, your guy McCollum got traded for Josh Hart, Thomas Sadoransky, Nikhil Alexander Walker, and DD Lozada. So yeah. that was a salary dump then. We could have got His, him. <laughs> we could yeah. we'll give you Jaden McDaniel and Pat Beverly and Nas Reed and a first round protected first round pick, and you could add CJ McCollum. Okay. I, guess fair enough. Final- I mean, so I that, do that, agree. That was maybe a bad example. I'm not married yeah, to the go picks ahead, anymore. Go ahead. Go ahead. The, the, the years, I, I agree, Eric. The, the, we had this luxury of, oh, well, we're young. We're young. You know, let's keep our picks. Let's keep always keep our picks because if we just add one more young player to this group, but now there is a big enough difference between our two top contract guys who are coming up on 30. I mean, they got years left, but um, and, you know, a young player, and they're not really going to hit the same windows at the same time. We can't bring in a, you know, expect to bring in like a fifth overall pick and have it transform our team. The time is now. So if over the summer they want to trade away two years of picks for a, a piece that can help us push the the coming like the next year twenty three, 
or tw- I guess it'd be 22, 23. I'd be so into that. I'd be ready to, to mortgage the future a little bit for that and push because, I mean, we'll see who, what happens this year. It looks guy, like we're going to make the playoffs. Who are the bench guys you're not willing to part with? Oh, there's none. Come on. There's none. Like, who's the bench guy you're I like Noel. I like with. McDaniels. I, I mean, I like Beverly, but there's no, you shouldn't, there's nobody that I'm like in love with that I wouldn't trade for something. Yeah. I mean, I watch me. a lot of other for the, NBA, especially for the bench. Random NBA games, dude. There's great players all over. You're absolutely right about stars and guys. <laughs> and we got just a lot of two guys. and a half stars a and stars. a lot of guys. Yeah. I like that take because um, the guys are interchangeable. A lot where of would times, you put, so. where do you put D, where do you put D in that? Is he the half star? Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's the half he's star like for me, but I actually, star. I really like his game this year. He's sold me a little bit more on him. Mm-hmm. I think he can be a, like if, if Ant makes a jump and is consistent every night and then adds a little more defense and we all add more defense, we're a very good team. I mean, we're like, God, we put up a lot of points. We had like 75 points in the half again. Like we can score, um, need to play defense, add another big piece, like literally a large man, please. Um, that would help. And we'd be in good shape. That can happen in the offseason. Can. All right, guys. Um, let's – oh, one other thing. Uh, are you guys going to watch the All-Star game? I will not, or the dunk contest, or the three-point contest. Um, but oh, Levine, will. Wiggins, and Towns. Whoa, whoa, are whoa, whoa, whoa. I, I, I'm just saying those guys are playing together. Levine, Wiggins, and Towns. Are you guys going to watch this? No, I'm saying Towns is in the three-point contest, I thought. Yeah. I'm going to watch it. Well, come on. It's – it's like it's like a half hour of your life. You can watch Carl Anthony Towns shoot a couple threes. You do it every night when he plays in basketball, plays the game. I what can't do watch this because he'll lose. He'll lose the three point contest if I turn it on. I don't He's think you guys understand. This, but... I, I turned on the game when we were beating the Bulls. Oh, we <laughs> lost. God damn it, Eric! We, we talked to you about this. Twenty, like we have. We lost I literally cannot turn. I think like when I went like when they went on a massive like streak as soon as I turned the game on and then that was it. <laughs> well, it and takes like it six wins in a row for you to notice them, and then you're like, "Yeah, I think I'm going to turn it on." What do you think they're going to win seven in a row? Probably not. Come on. No, every game I turn on, and if I turn them off, sometimes they go back to winning. So I'm a, I'm not a superstitious person, but I'm turning into one. It's um, getting ugly. All right, yeah. guys. So. We'll we'll talk a little soccer here at the end. Premier League, it's Man City's to lose, right? Sure. Yeah. Sorry, Man Liverpool. City's I would I would love for it to be Liverpool again, but I just don't think so. Um, City is. I think they're probably going to run away with this thing. Um, they're they're definitely the best team. They're probably they the best team on earth. Games. Uh, they just win every single say, game. What was the last time week. they lost? I, it's just they not pretty even much fun. win every game. Yeah, they're just a machine at this point. Um, they have currently on 538, which I know 538 people all have a story about how 538 messed something up, but I mean, they, well, the only, they the only one they point to is the 2016 election. That's the only one that they ever point. To. They're pretty good. And I mean, they everyone can't be perfect in, um, it's statistical can't... predictions. It's not yeah. perfect. Like the fact that everyone's like, Oh, they were wrong once. So you know what they were right about that? I won't forget. I, I I was like, dude, the Lakers are too old this year. I'm not that impressed with them. And they predicted that they would not make the playoffs. Everyone said, well, their algorithms are broken. Their statistical model is broken. You think that the you know Lakers and would ever miss the playoffs? Well, I think we're watching it happen. So props to them. So they have City at an 85% chance to win the title. Liverpool at 15. Everyone else, no chance. Um, 
Chelsea's kind of on an island on their own in third place, it looks like. Uh, not really close to, to second and not really close to fourth. Um, and then the big battle is going to be for fourth place. That's the most fun part of the season at this point, um, as the top three look pretty wrapped up. Um, Arsenal, Man United, Tottenham, West Ham, Wolves, and Brighton are all fighting for one spot. And then beyond that, they're fighting for two more spots in Europa League and one more spot in the Europa Ch- the Europa Conference League. Um, so most of this, those teams will make it. Uh, currently, they have Arsenal at 54% chance to make the top four. Man U, who's just absolutely stuttering right now, uh, at 15. Spurs, who've lost three in a row. First time in Conte's career, he's lost three games in a row at 14%. West Ham, nine. Wolves, six. And Brighton, four. So um, should be a fun race at, for that spot as well. I think this is Arsenal's race to lose. Definitely, yes. They're, and and they're, think... playing, they're playing in the least tournaments, too. They're not in Carabao. They're not in FA Cup. They're not in Champions League, Europa League, or Europa Conference. They literally know that they have 16 games the rest of the season. Yeah, and like they had, uh, uh, yeah. you know, the, the Chelsea Chelsea match was postponed. The Liverpool match is postponed. So you got some time to, like, get healthy. A lot of rest in there. You know, Chelsea's winning all the trophies. You know, not a lot of rest in there. We've won every trophy we can so far. <laughs> um, so hopefully there's more to come, but those, and uh, the, the thing is though, those teams all are going to be playing midweek games in the champions league and stuff. So hopefully it should be Arsenal to lose. Um, guys, there's some breaking news on our show right now. Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, let's do it. Timberwolves news. Really? Timberwolves uh, signed a player. Uh-oh. I Timberwolves thought you were going to say that, that, that Boldy just got, uh, Boldy just got a hat trick, a hat trick, which is amazing, yes, but is this crazy. is bigger. Bigger news, uh, Timberwolves just re-signed one of Jim's favorite guys, Pat no. Bev, one-year, $13 million extension. I love that. Love that. He's the glue guy, baby. We need him for one more year. Once oh, we learn how to back. play defense properly, we can let him go after next year. Yeah, Pat Bev, one-year, $13 million. He's back. I think that's a win um, for both sides, honestly. That's not that much money. And he must like it here. I love that. I love that he's happy here. He's like, He's our fifth highest paid player, and he doesn't start. That's my only worry. <laughs> yeah, didn't Blue guy. Manu Ginobili <laughs> didn't start for the Spurs eventually, so yeah. I, I, I have no problem with that. Um, so anyways, with the Premier League, though, uh, your your other battle is going to be can Newcastle stay up? I hope they go down. Their owner has more money than all the other teams combined. Um, but overall, tune into the Premier League. It's a lot of fun, and that race for the top is going to be really cool. Uh, but the Champions League, guys, is what's coming back, and your teams are both in it. Um, here are your current odds on the Champions League. Man City, 25% chance to win the whole thing. They're the best team in the world. That makes sense. Bayern Munich with the second-best odds at 20%. Jim's team, Liverpool, at third with 15%. Um, Ajax, surprisingly, at 13% and fourth. Ryan's team, the defending champs, Chelsea, with a 10% chance. And then Real Madrid and PSG, two of the best teams in the world, only currently at 4% as they have to play each other in this next round, I believe. Real Madrid and PSG, yeah. Um, yeah. And then Real, Inter, Atletico Madrid, Man United, Juventus, Red, Berg, Red Bull, Salzburg, Benfica, Sporting, and Lille combined have a 9% chance to win. So, um, you know, 60% chance that City, Bayern, or Liverpool win. And if you add Ajax and Chelsea, it's 75% chance that one of those five teams win. So... Crazy. I like the Champions League. It's the best version of soccer. And if I was 
if I was telling you right now um, what I want to see happen, um, I would like to see two of the Premier League teams on opposite sides of the bracket. So either City, Liverpool, or Chelsea, two of those teams make it to the final four on opposite sides. And then I'd like to see Munich and either Madrid or PSG. Just because as like a as a fan of the sport, I want to see the best team play each other. I want to see the best players. I think I'd like to see like PSG versus City and Liverpool or Chelsea versus Bayern Munich. I think that would be really I think, cool. yeah, Bayern versus City in a final would be absolutely like electric. Like if, I, if, if I'm not, if I'm not like, you know, openly rooting for Chelsea, obviously, which I would be. But yeah, if yeah. it if if Chelsea gets eliminated tomorrow, I would I would say like City Bayern final would be well. It would actually either be like five to four, or it would be like zero zero because everyone is like so scared that the opposition scoring can like hurt them that it might be a little bit. They don't want to fuck up. Um, yeah. I think that I think I think that would be the I think City Bayern Munich would be the best matchup of the current pool of remaining Champions League team. Yeah. So can't wait for that. If you guys aren't watching the Champions League, what are you doing? What are you doing? It's the coolest tournament. It's back with the round of 16. Just some amazing action. Um, everyone should be watching it. I, I just want to know, like, if you started watching soccer and you're new to it, or we finally talked you into it, reach out. Let us know who your team is and let us know how your soccer journey has been going. Because I, like, I, every week I'm so excited for the weekend, for the games to come. And like watching all the Premier League, like it's such a blast. So can't wait, uh, can't wait for for uh, Champions League to finally be back. And then Jimbo and I, we've got a final. Is it the the Carabao Cup final? Carabao Cup final, yeah. Is that this Austin, coming weekend? Isn't Chelsea it? versus Liverpool. It's soon. I think it's in March or something. Oh, yeah, okay. it's coming up. I think it's with it's within the next like two or three weeks that uh, yeah. yeah that that's coming. All, all right. right, guys, that's all the time we have on this episode of the Nordies Podcast. Tune into our screencast later this week. Um, we got lots of things that you guys should be watching, a bunch of trailers, Super Bowl ads that drop, some of the best shows, title belt holder talk, all kinds of stuff. So tune in to our screencast. But until then, thank you guys for listening to the Nordies Podcast.